0: Let's turn our Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter number 20. Uh, thank you for the music. And every time I hear one of our groups, I just say that's 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 the best that I've heard one of our groups. It's just not going to get any better than that until the next group sings. And then I find myself saying uh, it's not going to get any better than that. And so I appreciate all the work that goes into the music and look forward to what God has for us this evening. I'll give you a moment to turn to 1 Kings chapter number 20. And tonight is going to be a message, a specific message. Obviously, the Lord's put on my heart and uh, it's 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 an important message. And you'll understand as we as we get into it, I'm thankful for the church that we have. Uh, I'm very aware, not to the extent, certainly, because uh, only heaven will reveal uh, the extent of the influence of this church. I'm very aware of 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 the, 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 the what, how God has used this church this past week, I uh, preached in a conference, um, and the pastor uh, was trained here. Uh, the pastor's wife grew up here, and they're doing a, just, a, just an outstanding job. And every soul that is one in follow Alabama, um, we have a part in that, um, and we forget that. And all over the country and, and literally all over the world, there are those who have been influenced by this church and that's exciting to me. And, and it's a big responsibility on us um, that we ought to stay the way we are. We're not going to change. We're not going to uh, become more relevant because you can't get more relevant than the word that is settled in heaven forever. Um, but I'm reminded of that. I also just took some time to uh, think about those as we look ahead to groundbreaking and uh, some exciting things. I, I, I thought for a few minutes this, this past week on those who've invested so much in this ministry through the years that have already finished their race and they're waiting for us in heaven and, and how God used them uh, to, be a, to be an influence and to be a help and to reach a lot of people. And I, I thought about them and all the different uh, decades, if you will, the different categories, stages that people have been influenced in this church. And certainly, I believe, I believe this is the greatest church uh, on the planet. I, I believe this is, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to be, a, to be a the pastor here, I count it an honor, and I'm excited about the things that God has, has done <clears throat> and is going to do. I'm saying all that to say, much of where we go from here is going to be determined by the message I preach tonight. Much of where we go from here is going to be determined by the audience, specifically of who I preach to tonight. This is a great church. Uh, God has blessed this church uh, tremendously. But I want this church to go beyond what we have already done. Uh, a lot of things have taken place. I believe the Lord has prepared us over the last decade to do a great work for Him. Great work has been done over the last decade. But I believe through the course of the events that, that God has brought this church, He has brought us to this point, things that are going on in our world, in our nation, Uh, things that are going on that's unique to us. I believe God has brought us to this point. And the danger to us is we can be satisfied with how God has blessed us. We can be satisfied with what God has done. And we ought to reflect on what God has done. But it's a dangerous thing to not look forward to what God can do and what God wants to do. And if, if, if if that trumpet doesn't sound like I preached this morning, Uh, I want to finish my race faithfully, and I want there to be generations beyond me uh, who serve faithfully in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I trust that is your desire as well. And much of where we go from here is going to be determined uh, by this message this evening and uh, those who I believe the Lord has uh, prepared this message for. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter number 20, and we'll begin with verse number 1. And Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together, and there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots, and he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Ben-Hadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine and all that I have. And the messengers came again and said, Thus speaketh Ben-Hadad, saying, Although I have sinned unto thee, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver and thy gold and thy wives and thy children. Yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time, and they shall search thine house and the houses of thy servants, and it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hand and take it away. Apparently Ben-Hadad was a Democrat. Uh, Verse number seven. Uh, Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Mark, I pray you, and see how this man seeketh mischief. For he sent unto me for my wives and for my children and for my silver and for my gold, and I denied him not. And all the elders and all the people said unto him, Hearken not unto him nor consent. Wherefore he said unto the messengers of Ben Hadab, It's not my message, let me back up. You notice Ben Hadab said, Give me this and I'll go away. And he gave in, and he said, oh, well, I changed my mind. You can't ever give in to evil. You can't ever budge. You can't ever satisfy uh, those that would do evil, and that's a mistake that was made, but we see the progression. Verse number 9, Wherefore he said unto the messengers of ben hadad Tell my lord the king all that thou didst send for to thy servant at the first I will do. But this thing I may not do. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. And Ben-Hadad sent unto him and said, The gods do so unto me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for handfuls for all the people that follow me. And the king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, let not him that girdeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it off. It came to pass, when Ben-Hadad heard this message, as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilions, they said unto his servants, Set yourselves in array, and they set themselves in array against the city." Behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into thine hand this day, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Ben-Hadad was a mighty king. He commanded a mighty army. Humanly speaking, Israel could not withstand against the might of this king. That's why uh, the king, Ahab, was quick to give him his first request. And as now he says, I'm going to do this. And the people said, no, you can't do that. And now Ben-Hadad is setting the army against the city. The prophet comes unto Ahab and says, as we see in verse number 13, it, the, it, the army, the city is going to be delivered into his hand. Now, bear in mind... Ahab was not a spiritual man. Ahab was a wicked king. He said, it's going to be delivered, but, but Israel is still God's people. It's going to be delivered into thine hand. And bear in mind, humanly speaking, there was no possible way that the armies of Israel would, were able to defeat this great army. Take the time to do a study on, in, in, in these previous chapters and do a study on Ben-Hadab, and it was a, it was a mighty army. But now the prophet comes and says, it's going to be delivered. Look at verse 14. And Ahab said, by whom? Okay, what what secret weapon do you have? And by whom? And he said, thus saith the Lord, even by the young men of the princes of the provinces, then he said, who shall order the battle? Ahab asked that question. Okay, now I know who's going to do it. He said, who's going to order the battle? And he answered, thou. Thou. I want you to notice the phrase in verse 14, even by the young men. I made some introductory comments before I read the Scripture about how God has done some great things to the Emmanuel Baptist Church through the decades. And where we go from here is going to be determined much by what I preach tonight. And there's an audience that I want to speak to and it's the young men. Whether or not the Emmanuel Baptist Church is the Emmanuel Baptist Church a generation from now is going to be determined by that audience tonight. If 10 years from now, we're still going to be the that old-time lighthouse that we've always been, is going to be determined by that audience tonight. God promised victory to Israel during this time to the young men. Now, I want the young men to give me your attention tonight. I want you to give me your heart tonight. I want you to let me make an appeal to you tonight. Uh, I want you to understand how important what I'm about to say is to you this evening. Now, if you're in the service tonight or you're listening or watching tonight and you're not young and you're not a man, uh, I would like for you to listen in as well this evening uh, but this is something that I want. The Lord has put on my heart, and I would I, I want the audience of the young. to Say, who are the young men? Are you talking about the teenagers? Certainly, they would fit in that category. Are you talking about uh, those those in their in, their, in their early twenties? These single men certainly they would qualify. Um, now, some of you in your in your 60s, don't come ask me about that. But um, but that young is a relative term to Somebody in their uh, uh, 60s, somebody in their 30s is a young man still. Um, so I, I want you to, to listen to me and my audience, I, I do, I, I, in my mind, I'm speaking tonight that to those that are uh, in their mid-30s and under, even up to in their 40s, but if God speaks to you, uh, I want you to give me uh, your attention tonight. Father, I pray that you would use this message. As we speak on the subject of even by the young men, may we realize the opportunity that is before us. May we realize the responsibility that is before us. Father, I pray that this church would continually, uh, continually surrender itself and rededicate itself uh, to faithfully following you. Father, may we be reminded of our responsibility as a church. May we be reminded of what you expect from your church. Father, I pray that you would work in the hearts of your church this evening. I pray that you would work in the hearts of the young men. And Father, there's a young man here who's been struggling with uh, surrender. May they get that settled tonight. May a young man get clarity and direction in his life this evening. And Father, may those who would not fall in that category, may uh, they also realize their importance, realize uh, the, the importance that they play, the role they play in your church, and we just Seek your honor and your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've already mentioned, Ben-Hadad, this wicked king, this mighty king, is, has besieged Israel. The prophet comes to Ahab, as we've already read and, and, and discussed briefly, says that, the, that the God has sent me and there's going to be a victory. And God always does that, and just because, humanly speaking, we don't see where victory is going to come from, you cannot rule out God. God sends this prophet, says there's going to be a victory. And we know, this, we know what verse 14 says. And when the question is asked how, he says, even by the young men. It would be the young men in their strength and their ability and oftentimes overlooked at the price at, the, at what they can contribute. He said it will be the young men. And this is not unusual because throughout history, it's always been the young men who have fought the wars. You think of the history of our own nation. It's been generations of young men uh, who are willing to, to go fight for their country and willing to defend the freedom uh, that we hold so dear. It is, it is the young men who uh, make those sacrifices. And so it was no different in this time. Uh, God had His people who He wanted to <clears throat> give a victory and he could have said by the wise men, and certainly uh, there were wise men in Israel, even under that wicked king, there were some wise men who said, you cannot do, you cannot give in to what he said that he, he wanted from you. He could have said uh, the season, and certainly even in the battle, God commanded Ahab, you're going to command it, uh, but they're going to win the victory. Uh, everyone has a, a part that they can play, but it was by the strength and in, in the courage in the lives of the young men that God was going to give this victory. Uh, this evening, I want the young men, and you can place yourself in that category, uh, even if you're above the ages I mentioned, if it makes you feel better, uh, but I, I, w- I want you to give me your heart tonight. I want you to let me make an appeal to you this evening. Victory in our story was won or lost based on the young men. I believe there are spiritual victories in the future that are going to be won or lost based on the actions of the young men. Let me speak very candidly tonight. Our nation is in a crisis because of a lack of manhood, a lack of responsibility. Our churches, generally speaking, and we're blessed with a lot of young men, and we're blessed with with, 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 with a lot who, uh, we, we're, we're not average in a lot of ways, but we're not average in the fact that we do have young people who want to serve the Lord. We do have young men and young ladies who uh, have not given up their beliefs and given up what they, that they have been taught. So in that, in that respect, uh, we we're well above average, but generally speaking in our churches, churches are, are dying because of the young men. Because when young men had an opportunity to step up and do and fulfill their responsibility, they did not do it. Now, everybody has a role to play in the church. And if you do not fit in that category of a young or a man, do not discount what God would use you to do. But make no mistake, when this battle was to be fought, God intended for the young men to fight it. Let me just say tonight, as we move forward as a church, the responsibility certainly falls on your pastor, certainly falls on leadership, but if this church is going to continue on, if this church is going to reach its full potential, if there is going to be Emmanuel Baptist Church in the future, the young men in the service tonight need to take heart to what is being preached, need to allow the Spirit of God to, to take inventory of their heart, to take inventory of their life, And may it not be said of the young men of the Emmanuel Baptist Church that there's a lack of manhood, there's a lack of leadership, there's a lack of fulfilling of responsibility like we lack so much in this nation. But even by the young men, I am thankful for those who have dedicated their lives that have preceded and those as I, as I looked around the auditorium tonight during the song service, and and I looked at the the ushers posted along the wall, and uh, this, this was not, this is that's not the group of young men I I am I am preaching to this evening. Uh, but what what a testimony of faithfulness! What a testimony uh, of an example! And let me just say to the young men: you are not without an example. You are not without those who have made it a little bit easier for you because many of them have fought battles that you'll not have to fight because they, when they were young men, accepted the responsibility that was placed on them. Many of you could tell stories about when you were a young man and the work nights and the big days and the things that God used you. And you look back and you say, wow, uh, how did God use us? And uh, I didn't know then what I know now. I'm a little bit mature, more mature now in some cases than I, than I was then. But as a young man, that generation sh- stepped up and fulfilled the responsibility. I'm going to make some observations from the story about the young men, make an application, and then and then get into the, the conclusion, the close tonight. When I, when I consider these young men, and I consider how that relates to us tonight as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I see a fulfilled responsibility. The the nation was at stake. There was something even bigger than their independence. The Messiah, the Christ, was coming through the people of Israel. God was going to use the young men. It was time for the young men to step up and fight a battle. And I see, and if we were to continue reading, you get down to verses 19 and verses 20, and the first part of verse 20 kind of sums it up, and they slew every one his man. That is the young men slaying the enemy. They fulfilled the responsibility that was placed on them. The older I get, the more, I've always had respect, but the more respect I have for those 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old young men that when our nation's liberty was at stake, they dropped everything and they fulfilled their responsibility and many of them came home in body bags or they didn't come home at all. They didn't ask to be, to be born into the generation they were born in. They didn't ask for the responsibility to be thrust on them, but when it was, they fulfilled their responsibility. Uh, they, They fulfilled the responsibility in this story, and might I say that there is a responsibility for the young men those, you may be sitting in a teen group over here tonight. You may sit uh, throughout the, 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 the congregation tonight as, 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 a, as, a, as a single young man. You may uh, just be starting out in marriage or in family, or you may have got a, got a foundation under you tonight. You have a responsibility as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I, I know sometimes our young people don't like to hear it and don't like to hear the emphasis that is placed But God allowed you to be born into the home that you were born in. God allowed you to have the Christian school education. God allowed you to hear Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night the preaching of the Word of God. God allowed you to go to to, to teen camps, and God allowed you to the opportunities that others do not have. It is a responsibility that is placed on you. My appeal to you tonight as your pastor, and might I say... I have been in the same place that you are. I know what it's like to grow up in this very church. I know what it's like to feel the responsibility placed on you. And might I add tonight, you have a a responsibility to fulfill that which God has placed upon you. If you're going to fulfill your responsibility, you're going to have to reorganize your priorities. You're not going to pick up the mantle, the leadership, that some of these faithful, faithful, older men at some point are going to pass on because, one, they're, they're not getting any stronger as they get older. Or the time's going to come when the Lord's going to say, your race is done, come home. You're not going to fulfill the responsibility if you do not have the right priorities. You're not going to carry the mantle in the Emmanuel Baptist Church if your video games are more important than your walk with God. You're not going to fulfill the responsibility, first of all, of manhood, much less the responsibility and the opportunity God has placed upon you and by the way, I just happen to think that these young men didn't just look at it as a responsibility; they looked at it as an opportunity as well. We get—I can't tell you how many times I've—I've—I've I've, I've run into uh, in restaurants and out in public. You see these these old veterans; they're wearing their hat from, uh, uh, the, you know, the, now, now, now that you see very few, if any at all, from, from the World Wars, but Korea and, and uh, Vietnam and now even uh, all, all the uh, Middle Eastern wars, and, and you say, thank you for your service. And without exception, I cannot think of exception, it's always, it was my honor. It was my privilege. They gave years they would never get back. Because it was a responsibility, and opportunity God placed upon them. Wouldn't it be great if young men in our Bible-believing churches said, what an opportunity I have. What a responsibility that God has placed upon me. God has entrusted me uh, with with the same things that that generation before me was entrusted with. And God has given me an opportunity to make an eternal difference. But let me tell you, uh, those of you that would fall in this category, you're going to have to... Adjust your priorities. If you're going to fulfill your responsibility, there's going to be labor involved. It's not all play when it comes to the work of God. Now, I'm for uh, uh, being balanced. I'm for time with family. I'm, t- I'm for time with leisure. But, but when it's all leisure and no labor, there's a problem. And that is one of the great downfalls of our nation. Everybody wants to play. It's all leisure, no labor. We idolize those that play ball for a living, and we look down on those that would work two jobs to provide for their family. It's backwards. You, we must labor for God, there's a fulfilled responsibility. To the young men tonight, I'm I'm asking you on behalf of those who've gone before you, on behalf of your pastor, on behalf of a God who is worthy to fulfill your responsibility. There's great privilege and opportunity that you're not even quite aware of yet because you haven't lived long enough. There's great privilege and opportunity of being part of a church like this. There's a reason why sacrifices have been made by your parents and Others, so that you can have those opportunities. Simply put, they didn't have them. They would have loved to have them. But you have a responsibility that you must fulfill. I, the second thing I see tonight, I see is, and I've already alluded to it, there's, they were willing to sacrifice. Even by the young men, the young men had to stop what they were doing. They had to put aside their plans. They had to put aside their dreams. Because there was a battle that needed to be fought. I've, I've alluded to it several times, and I'll mention it again. What a sacrifice for young men to leave their dreams to go defend our country, to shed their blood, many to give their life, and never know what it's like to hit their 22nd, 23rd, 24th birthday. Yet in our nation today, and sadly among our Bible-believing churches, there are young men. It's like, well, I have to have my time. I'll get serious later. What about my dreams? I'm thankful that there were those who went before me who they made sacrifices so that I could have what I have. They laid aside their dreams and they readjusted their time and, and they gave of themselves so that the Lord could speak to my heart and can work in my life so that I could fulfill the responsibility that I had. In to the young men, if this church is going to reach its full potential. You don't have to tell me what God has done with this church. God's done some amazing things with this church. This is a great church. But God did not put us here just to just to reach a plateau. God has His church here to reach its full potential for Him and to see what a group of people can truly do for God. By the way, we're reminded in Scripture that if there's a church who comes together around the Word of God and completely gives of itself, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Him. That is the power of the church. It's wonderful to see how through the years, and I've had a front row seat as the preacher's kid at six years of age, growing all the way up in the ministry and now being the pastor. And after being on staff for many, many years, I've had a front row seat to see that is a true statement that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of God. It is empowered by Him, but at some point, that next generation is going to have to say, I'm going to fulfill my responsibility, and I'm going to be willing to make the sacrifices necessary to see that it continues on. Might I say that as we took our pledges and our commitments to the God with us, building campaign. I was very pleased with the young men in the, in the commitments that they made. I was very pleased with the sacrifice that many decided to take for their future. Tonight, this isn't one of those messages, and I want I to reaffirm your heart, this isn't one of those messages like I preached a couple years ago to you. I want to appeal to you and challenge you that it would be quite all right for you to lay aside some dreams that there's nothing sinful about. Lay aside some goals. I, I know you've had them since you were 13. I know it's something you've always wanted to do. But there is a world dying and going to hell. I didn't put you in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I didn't place you in the, in the home that God placed you in. He ordained all of that. Would, would it be tonight, uh, we have some young men who say, I'm willing to sacrifice my personal pleasure. I'm willing to sacrifice my dreams. I'm willing to sacrifice. And really, might I say, it's not a sacrifice when you give it to God. It's not really giving things up. Oh, well, God wanted me to do this. I have to give up all of my... No, it is a privilege... It is an honor. It is something that he asks of us and we ought to be willing to do. But you're going to have to set aside your dreams. You're going to have to set aside your goals and say, I'm going to live my life for somebody else. I'm going to live my my life for for the cause. I'm going to live my life. And what would be wrong? And can I just throw this in here? Well, I'm just not called. Well, what would be wrong? Would you live in your life just to keep people out of hell? What would be wrong if you have an opportunity to just use your life to be a witness and to reach people and to be involved in the things of God? Even by the young men, if the Emmanuel Baptist church, if every building and every plan that is drawn on that master plan comes to fruition, it will not be because of the pastor of this church. It will be because of the young men picking up the mantle, the young men taking the baton and saying, we'll do what those have done before us. We'll sacrifice our time. We'll lay aside our dreams. We'll put aside some things and we will labor so that the work of God can go on. I see also that they led by example. Thirdly, we see this in verse number 19. So these young men of the princes of the provinces came out of the city and the army which followed them. It was the young men who led the battle. The king commanded it. But we know enough about Ahab, he wasn't going to be out front. Now, I don't make that statement to say that I'm not going to be out there front. I I intend on leading as a pastor should. But you know what would take this church to that next level of reaching our potential? Is it the young men decided they would lead by example? Can, can, can Can I just tell you tonight something that just bothers me? It bothers me to see Ladies having to lead. Don't come to me with your women's rights stuff later. Bring your Bible with you if you do that. But I understand why some do, because there's not a man willing to fulfill his responsibility. Truth of the matter is, teenagers, the the young ladies should not lead the teen group. The young men should. In the North Florida Baptist College, the young ladies should not lead the college, should not be the most responsible, the most spiritually minded. It should be the young men. In the singles department, it should not be the young ladies who are the most serious about serving God. And by the way, if if some of you would be as serious as these ladies are they might would date you. I'm not trying to be ugly tonight. I'm just saying a strong... I'm married to a strong woman. There's nothing wrong with a strong woman. But you better be a strong man if you're going to lead a strong woman. And how you do that is you lead by example. We've got too many today say, I'm the man, you need to do this. It would be a revival in our nation of not just patriotism, but there would be a Bible, a God-sent revival, if men would just quit telling everybody what to do and show everybody what to do. And lead by example. I'm not trying to scold you tonight, I'm making an appeal to you. Those who God has given you a home and you're in that 20s, 30s, and even the 40s tonight. You men, you do, to some degree, offer leadership. This is a church where people serve. So tonight, I I want you to understand the heart that I'm coming with. But it's time that some in that category decide, I'm going to lead by example. Now, in fairness to you, those that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, they're not going to let go of the baton. They're happy serving God. And by the way, this is not one of those messages for you to say, well, Pastor said I don't have to serve anymore because I'm not 25. That's not what I'm saying. My appeal tonight is for those who have enjoyed, the, those that, that, that God has provided as leadership, not to replace them, but to join them. Not to push them aside, but to say, I, I know that they're there. And we do have strong leadership in this church. We have strong leadership from the from, from staff to laymen all the way down. We have strong leadership. That is one of the strengths of our church. But I'm hoping there's something inside of young men tonight who say, I don't want to just sit by, let somebody else do all the labor, and let somebody else lead everything. And I I, I want to join that, and I want to lead by example. It's that in the average church. If anything gets done, and again, I I don't think this is true of us, but in the average, I don't want to just be the average church. If anything gets done, it's done by the, the senior saints or the ladies. I thank God that we have men who serve. And I thank God that as I look around, there are multiple generations in our church. The future of our church looks very good. The state of our church is very strong. And I bring this message tonight because the Lord put it on my heart, but because I want our church to stay very strong. I want the children who are in the nursery tonight, I want them to enjoy and even have more than I enjoyed growing up in this church. And oh, those of you that this, you would fit in this category, why don't you get that same dream and that same understanding as you enjoy the life that God has given you to determine that you're going to lead by example. Lead by example. Um, men, I, I hope we want to lead. There's a responsibility with leadership. There, there's a lot today who will tell us what we're supposed to do, but... We need a generation Day so that I'm going to lead. I'm going to show what should be done. Pastor, if there's something you need, I want you to know that you can count on me. If there's work in the church that needs to be done, I'm going to do it. If I see a need, I'm just going to take care of it. But I'm only 22. I'm only 23. I'm only 26. I'm only... I'm just... My children are young, this and that. Uh, Well... Battles have always been won by young men, and at some point, young men have got to decide they're going to lead by example. And then, number four, I notice that they were enabled by God. I've already mentioned verse number 20, and they slew everyone his man. The Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. The battle that could not be won was won. It was won by the less experienced army. But it was won by the army that was empowered by God. And the things that I'm speaking of tonight, there will have, if, you're, if, if the young men are going to get a hold of what I'm saying tonight, and I hope you, you, you trust the heart, and many of you have dealt with from, from all these different age groups through the last few years, and I hope you understand the heart I'm coming with. I want to. I, I'm counting on you. I'm depending on you. My appeal to you is is because I see the opportunity ahead of you. I, I fully believe the church's greatest days are ahead of us. That's quite a statement, because this church has had some great days. This church has had some great. Mountaintop experiences. This church has, has, has done great things for the cause of Christ, to God be the glory. But I believe that God has brought us to a point, and I, I believe it's going to take. COVID is behind us. The, the, the space is coming in. There's not going to be any more excuses or any more reasons for us just to coast. But I'm telling you, if it's going to get to where it should be, yes, we got to have those who've been doing this for decades. But at some point, the young men, who you have a little bit more strength, you have a little bit more time, you have a little bit more things you can offer at this point, have got to step up and say, with God as my helper, I'll fulfill the role that needs to be be fulfilled. I'll do that which needs to be done. I don't want to have a work night and everybody at the work night is over 50 at it. I don't want to have an appeal to, to let's go out and, and let's go start these ministries up and, and let's go do something for God. And all of the young men are, there, are not there because they're too busy doing something else. They're too busy paying for hobbies and and having to work extra jobs to pay for, for, quite frankly, irresponsibility. When we ought to have our focus on God, and if we just keep Him as the focus, and we just let Him lead us, and quite frankly, we fulfill our word to Him, He'll enable us to do that which we do not think that we can do tonight here is I'll give you my observations here's my message here's my appeal I'm looking for young men who first of all will walk with God at some point you have got to and ask I, I can I, I believe one I, I can i can I can preach this message because It comes from this book. I can preach this message because I'm the pastor of this church, but I can preach this message because I've been a member here since I was six years of age. And at some point, you've got to stop living off of mom and dad's spirituality. Or at some point, you've got to stop using their lack of spirituality in some cases as a reason why you don't walk with God. You know, God's not a respecter of persons. You can be 19 years of old years of age and still get a prayer answered. But you gotta pray, young man. I, 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 if if you need to be uncomfortable with this, I'll leave that between you and the Holy Spirit. But how is your personal time with God? How's your Bible reading time? If you don't have a Bible reading time, you probably don't have a Bible living time. That might be a, can can we just use some logic? That might be a reason why you and the pastor don't always see eye to eye. Because we're looking through a different lens. There's a scriptural lens and a scriptural viewpoint, and then there's a carnal one. I'm looking for young men who'll just say, I don't know how God will use me, but I want to be the man I'm supposed to be. I I want to be, in some cases, the husband I'm supposed to be. I want to be the father I'm supposed to be. In order to do that, I've got to walk with God. And Part of that promise of the gates of hell not prevailing is because there are spiritually minded people who are enabled by God. I'm looking for young men who will walk with God. I'm looking for young men who will determine to be soul winners. I'm looking for everybody who'll be a soul winner, but you know who should lead? Lead in these areas, but especially this one, ought to be the young men of this church. Ought to be the those in their 20s, their thirties, those young men, those who have the opportunity. I, I, I know you got kids at home. I know how much time that takes. But it's a responsibility that we take upon themselves ourselves and i'm looking for some young men who'll just say i'm just going to do everything if god will use me i'm just going to do whatever i can to keep people out of hell if there's a soul tonight and i can be there i'm going to be there if i've got to work i'm going to go another time and find somebody who'll go with me i'm gonna look at every opportunity that i have to be a witness i'm looking for young men tonight i'm looking for some young men who'll decide i'm going to build a bus route Pastor, when are we getting the, the, the bus mission cranked back up? When I got enough young men to do it? I'm not excluding the old men. But Bland, you and I had our conversation yesterday. He's ready to go. Where's the young men? I didn't say work a bus ride. I said build one which means you can't get here at 10 and leave at noon. who will put in the time and the effort and say, there are, there, are, there, are, there are little boys, there are little girls who Jesus died for. I want them to hear the gospel. I want them to come to a place where they are loved and they can grow in the things of God and, be given the opportunity for God to do something in their life. And I'm going to use as an opportunity to to win mom and dad to the Lord, to see what God will do in that home. Where are the young men who will say, "I, I can do that, I will do that, pastor sign me up. I will take that responsibility. But again, I remind you, uh, you, you, you you're going to have to give up your video, video games. You're going to have to be, give up some time hanging out with the guys all the time. You're going to have to put the focus on the priorities that God sets. If this church is going to continue on doing what it has always done, the only way it's going to take place is if some young men will step up and say, Pastor, I got it. I'm looking for some young men who will fulfill the Great Commission. Talking about winning, baptizing, and teaching. Pastor, that's a lot of work. Exactly. But if you were born in it, you've always had it. Your mama taught you. I'm curious of this. How many of you tonight that are under 30 years of age were saved 10 years or younger? Let me see your hand. 30 years or younger, saved 10 years or younger. It's quite a number of you. You grew up in it. Some of you, you've been a member of this church since you were in the nursery. That's a great honor, it's a great privilege. But somebody's got to go out there and tell the lost that Jesus died for them. And then care enough to see them grow in their Christian life. I'm looking for some young men. I know there's some who. Uh, through the years have talked to me about ministry and talked to me about, uh, you know, this is what I feel God wants me to do. I, and, and I've made the statement, I've made the statement of the several of them. I've given the challenge of several of them. I have yet to have anybody take me up on it, but I've said it several times. You, you'd be responsible for 50 to 100 people being on this property every week. I promise you, I'll find a way to keep you here. God will be knocking at your door to get you where you need to be. I'm looking for some young men who'll say, "Pastor, give me a Sunday school class, I'll build it. Now, that's different than just being assigned a group of children for you to give their lesson every week. In order to build a class, you have to build lives. I'm looking for some young men who'll serve. Who'll serve in the choir. Who'll serve in the orchestra, the music program. Who will serve even as ushers. I mentioned the ushers, and they were positioned against the wall, but now that I think of it, I think they were using that wall to hold them up. Now, I bear in mind, they're not giving up their, their post. That's the way they should be. Some of them would, they, they would pull out a gun and shoot you before they gave you their usher's jacket. But that's okay. The walls are getting torn out soon, and there'll be a need for more ushers. I'm looking for young men who just want to serve in whatever capacity they can serve. Now, I've preached this message tonight. I want you to understand, I'm very proud of our young men. I wouldn't trade our young men for any other group of young men. I wouldn't trade our young couples. But I'm asking you tonight, to consider what God could you do with your life I'm making appeal to you tonight to do what has already been done here before in the past if it's going to continue to go on it's got to happen if, through the young men now to the older don't quit Keep setting an example. Because with the young men, there's, there's labor and, and there's strength, but sometimes there's not a lot of sense. We need you older folks who are more seasoned because you have made the same mistakes that some of them will make. You can say, let me help you. Let me give you some wisdom. Don't quit. You ladies, if you're married to one of these young men, don't you be the reason why they're not able to do more for God. Don't you be the hindrance to God's will for their life. And let me help all the ladies tonight. The man's number one responsibility should be God even above you. And if his, response, if his main responsibility is God, he will treat you the way he should treat you. He will take care of you the way he should take care of you. But don't be a hindrance to a young man saying, this is what I want to do for God. This is, I'm, I'm going to step up. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to surrender. Don't be a hindrance to a young man. If you don't fall in the category of young or a man, determine to pray. That we offer a lot of criticism to them. But they, they should know better. But let me just say, if you didn't grow up the same way they grew up, you don't know what it's like. We, we, we cast that judgment all the time. Well, if I had that, you didn't. You realize how precious it is. How can they? It's all they've ever had. Pray for them go to invitation this way. I